from the studio of Adventist World Radio Pune A very warm welcome to you This is our international English service In our program today we bring you an inspiring message and songs of praise You will hear God's word to strengthen you spiritually You are listening to Adventist World Radio The Voice of Hope ooh, 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 ooh. Wanitembea wawili 
tukea angali hata kwa kutamba na kuingia ndani na kuwa hakujali maumbi na kuokoka alikuwa katika kuja mtee kuingia ndani no more on our programs You are welcome to write to us on this postal address. Adventist Media Center, Post Box 1446, Market Yard, Pune 41037, Maharashtra, India. You can also log into our website to hear all our programs which is www.awr Before we hear God's word, here's a melodious song. the studios of Adventist Media Center Pune We have Helen Jacob presenting God's word We have a guest speaker Pastor Anupam Narangi who will break the bread of life Good day listeners I hope you know what date today is Today is October 22 and I want to take your thoughts back to that century or rather to that era of 1844 Do you know what happened that day? October 22, 1844. You may not know what took place then, but certainly you'll know that that day is known as the day of great disappointment. 
Now, great disappointment. It happened in the Millerite movement. And it was the reaction that followed Baptist preacher William Miller's proclamation that Jesus Christ would return to this earth by 1844. He said this after carefully studying Daniel chapter 8, especially verse 14. And after calculating, he came down and he said that probably Jesus is going to come on October 22, 1844, because that's when the cleansing of the sanctuary was going to take place. These events paved the way for Adventists who formed the Seventh-day Adventist Church. They contended that what had happened on October 22 was not Jesus' return as Miller had taught, but it was the start of Jesus' final work of atonement, the cleansing in the heavenly sanctuary leading to the second coming. You know, a lot of uh, movements came out of that great disappointment. And we see that Seventh-day Adventist doctrine also was one which came out of this great disappointment. After studying, we see that Hiram Edson became convinced that the light would be given and their disappointment would be explained. You know, when we are talking about the great disappointment, you can imagine what some of the people went through. Here is, here is a testimony given by one Henry Emmons, who was a Millerite. He wrote, I waited all Tuesday, that was October 22, and dear Jesus did not come. I waited all the forenoon of Wednesday and was all well in body, as I ever was. But after 12 o'clock, I began to feel faint. And before dark, I needed someone to help me up to my chamber, as my natural strength was leaving me very fast. And I lay prostrate for two days without any pain, sick with disappointment. My friends, today, we face disappointments in our life. There isn't a single person living today who doesn't have disappointment. So today my talk is going to be based on Christian life and dealing with your disappointments. You know, disappointments and disillusionment, your life going to pieces, it happens to everybody, doesn't it? As predictable as death and as taxes, how do you handle it? I talked recently with a man who was hopeful for a new job. He had been through the application process and was one of the two persons being interviewed. He and his wife were so hopeful that they even applied for a place in a new school for their daughter once they had moved into that place. Then he got the word. A younger man had been chosen. He was crestfallen. My friend, do you know what that means? Crestfallen, it means that he was bowed in humiliation and in defeat. He was hurt. He was disappointed. How do you deal with your disappointments? There is a clear prescription in the text found in Luke 24, 13 through 35. It is a text about how to deal with disappointment at any time. It is very simple. It shows three things you are to do 
when you are hit by a great disappointment. First, you got to look at the scriptures. Then you are to look around at your fellowship, which means you have to look around for friends whom you can associate with. And finally, you are to look ahead to the resurrection to give you hope and to give you strength. Three simple acts and they will take the heartache out of any disappointment. Let's look at them closely. First, look back at the scriptures. These men from Emmaus had been greatly disappointed. They had believed that Jesus, the miracle worker, teacher from Galilee, was the long-awaited Messiah from God and that the kingdom of God had been about to break forth in their time like wine from the pierced wineskin. Then Jesus was crucified and his followers had run away. Their whole situation appeared to have changed dramatically. The Savior was dead. The movement was over. And these men were dragging their feet towards their home a few miles away from Jerusalem. They must have looked awful. They were tired, disillusioned, dispirited. Their hope had been nailed to a cross. And that's the time Jesus appeared and walked beside them. It was near dusk. They didn't realize who he was. He asked them why were they so dejected. And without hardly looking up at him, Intent as they were on the dusty road, they said, Surely you are the only stranger in Jerusalem who has not heard, they said. Jesus was crucified there three days ago. We thought he would be the one to liberate Israel, but now he is dead. And then, says our text, Jesus took the scriptures and beginning with the Torah and then the prophets showed them what they all meant concerning himself, that he was to die and be raised from the dead. Wouldn't you like to have heard the lesson that evening? It would have been one of the greatest Bible lesson of all time. That was the first thing that answered the disappointment of these fellows from Emmaus. They were made to look back the scriptures it isn't a bad practice any time, is it? The scriptures are such a rich repository of truth and experience, revelation and understanding. We sometimes forget how deep and cunning they are or how engagingly they speak to our life situations today, even centuries after they are written. I have never known anyone who was going through a bad episode in life to read the Bible without finding things in it that spoke to his or her condition as if it were written especially for that condition. I have never read it myself without finding it this to be true. Sometimes I am simply amazed by the way it happens. I will have been feeling something, maybe without even recognizing what I was feeling. Then perusing the Bible my eye would fall upon some text that arrested my attention as if neon lights were flashing all around it. Wow, I would think, this is exactly what I need to hear right now. It speaks to my heart in precisely the right way. Several years ago, I met a young dancer. 
who told about being in a terrible car accident that put her in a hospital for months. Her leg was in a cast and suspended on weights and pulleys, and she was immobile for weeks after weeks. I asked how she, a dancer, could stand that kind of immobility for so long. I would have died, she said, except for one thing. Every day, sometimes several times a day, I mentally danced the 23rd Psalm. It is so beautiful. It gave me the patience to wait. Jesus had a purpose in turning those men from Emmaus' attention back to the scriptures. It was to help them to see how God acts in the world. Every reference in the Torah and the prophets was to an instance in which God had done or said something that would throw light on God's nature and purpose in history. This is why we look back to scriptures too. They remind us of what God is doing in the world. They help us to see how our own lives are part of the faithful unfolding of God's will. They set our lives and times in the right perspective. You know, it's always a good rule to look back to the scriptures. But then it's also important to look around us at the fellowship that we have. Remember, it had turned late in the evening. It was dark and they wanted to be hospitable. And so they invited Jesus to join them for supper to their house. And later on, they asked him to bless the food. And as Jesus prayed, they recognized him. Maybe they had seen him do it before. Maybe it was something about his countenance. Anyway, the scripture says that they knew him and he suddenly vanished from their midst. And then they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as we walked together on the road? Wasn't it wonderful? Didn't we have great experience with him? Friends, number two, fellowship with Christ and with others around us. This is the second thing you do to deal with your disappointments. First, you read the scriptures. You look back at the scriptures. Then you look around at the fellowship. You see how good it is to have friends in the Lord and how they relieve the pain you are feeling. I don't know about you, but I think it's pretty wonderful to have friends to turn to in moments of disappointment or rejection. I remember an occasion not long ago. We were feeling unhappy and grief-stricken about leaving one place and coming to this new place. And there were some unpleasant things going on behind the scene, the kind of things many church members never hear about. Our friends were sensitive to this and asked us to come down to visit them. We went to their house and found their arms open and their hearts overflowing with love. They took us over to visit a nearby site. We were spent there hours looking at those beautiful things which were around. Not talking much, just spending time together. Then we went out for dinner, had fun at the restaurant. We laughed and talked. And later on, on the way home, we said aloud 
how much good it had done to us and how wonderful our friends were to share our time of need. Fill it with their love and strength. Aren't we lucky as Christians to always have someone around us? Look around. There are always brothers and sisters in Christ who care and who have the welcome mat out. It is one of the great strengths of Christianity, one of the great privileges of our faith. We understand about life. We understand about death and suffering and hope. And we want to be there for one another. Christ has given us a bond together. Love one another as I have loved you, he said. And though we don't always do it perfectly, most of us will try to do it. There is always somewhere for a Christian to go. So we have the first one, look back to the scriptures. Second one, look around to the fellowship. And that brings us to the third point. Look forward to the resurrection. That's what this text is most about. Looking forward to the resurrection. The disciples from Emmaus learned that Jesus had been raised from the dead. It threw everything they had experienced into a new dimension. If Jesus was alive, then the future was assured. If God had raised him, then God would raise them as well. They were in a new ball game altogether. Life was radiant with hope. The resurrection had changed everything. Their lives weren't over. They were just beginning. The effort they had spent wasn't lost. It was just invested. The Christian faith wasn't defeated. It was on the verge of winning. Perspective is everything, isn't it? There was a beautiful story in Guidepost magazine some time back about a woman who was turning 40. She was feeling very unhappy about growing older. She took her daughter for her first horseback riding lesson. As a girl, she had always wanted to learn to ride, but had been unable to do so. At least her daughter would learn, she thought. But taking the daughter added to her sense of depression. Her own life was nearly over. She felt, and it would always be incomplete, because she had not fulfilled her childhood desires. Back at home, she ran across a little book list her daughter had made when she was eight years old and when she was in third grade. It was entitled The Me Book. It was about the daughter's life up to that point. There were eight pages, one page for every year of her life. And on each page was a photograph of the daughter at that age. Slowly, the mother turned the pages, looking at her daughter's pictures. It made her sadder than ever. Her daughter was so young and she felt so old. Then she came to the last page. She expected it to say the end, but it didn't. It said the beginning. The mother shook her head. It took a moment for the meaning to sink in. The teacher had had the student write the beginning on the last page instead of the end because their lives were only beginning at that point. Suddenly, 
the sunshine broke into the mother's life again. Her own life wasn't at the end. It was at the beginning. Her whole attitude changed. She decided it was not too late to learn to ride a horse. She asked her daughter's teacher and soon she too was sitting on a horse riding around the track. She had learned an important lesson. Never think of any time as the end of your life for every time is only the beginning of the rest of it. Even death itself, when we are in Christ Jesus, is the beginning of eternal life. This is what those disciples discovered. Life wasn't over for them. It was only beginning. Friends, whatever happens to you, whether disappointments may come your way, it is always true. If you only stop to remember what Christ who died has been raised from the dead and that we too are promised resurrection and eternal life with him, it sets everything in different perspective. Then, as the apostle said, we have to figure that even our worst sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory we shall enjoy with him. Disappointments hurt. There is no denying that they do. But these simple actions will take the sting out of them in a hurry. Look back to the scriptures, look around to the fellowship and look ahead to the resurrection. Nothing will hurt very long when you're able to do this. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for this wonderful lesson you have given us. Dear God, we know that disappointments will come our way. And that is only because of our sin and because of the sinful world. But dear God, we want to thank you for the lesson you have given us. Bless us so that we find comfort and we find solution to come out of these disappointments and hurtful feelings when we dwell from the scriptures, when we indulge ourselves in fellowship and when we look forward to the resurrection. Dear God, help us so that we believe on all these three so that we may come out triumphant from our disappointments. Thank you, dear God, for listening to my prayer. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. With this, we have almost come to the end of our broadcast. To know more on God's word, you are always welcome to write to us. Adventist Media Center, Post Box 1446, Market Yard, Pune, 411037 Maharashtra, India And you can email us at HelenRichesV at gmail.com HelenRichesV at gmail.com H-E-L-E-N R-I-C-H-E-S-V at gmail.com You can contact us with your prayer requests and your interest for Bible study at these numbers. Center of Digital Evangelism CDE 000-800-040-040-1704 Or you can message us directly at plus one Seven four seven two eight two two eight 
0780 our whatsapp number is plus 919000089093 and you can email us at helenrichesv@gmail.com h e l e n r i c h e s v at gmail dot com. We invite you to visit us on our website, www dot awr dot org. This is David, and I am Madhuri, signing off at awr. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Till then, we wish you. Goodbye, Goodbye and, and God, God bless. bless.